Away we go. Welcome into, is it week two or is it week one? I, they call it week zero and then everything else gets thrown off. Whatever it is, we're back. We're here. It's BetQLU. I'm Chris Mack alongside John Martin. And look who decided to show up to the festivities, RJ Choppy. Mr. Choppy, uh, Tom, Tom Coughlin would not be happy with your tardiness, but nonetheless, mm. here you are and we appreciate mm. you showing up. You know, my 13-year-old gave me that on-time-is-late bull crap, uh, and it's it doesn't it doesn't work with me. Like, on-time is on-time. I, I, and a week late, a week late evidently is on-time in my world, too. So, No Good surprise to, there. No surprise yeah. there. Good to have you. Uh, it's We got plenty to get to this week, obviously, because like I said, it's officially week one in college football, which means we got plenty of games to talk about, some huge ones on Saturday in particular, that we will jump into. We'll play add drop. We'll each have something to add to the festivities or tell you, no, you got to drop it. We've got our best bets. We've got, uh, we'll play, we'll play let's go or hell no. Yeah, we'll, it, we'll, we'll get through all of it uh, despite everything we've got to get to. Uh, let's dive right in though by taking a look back at week zero, as they call it, gentlemen. Uh, let's start with Notre Dame. And Notre Dame handles Navy. Notre Dame looks like, a quality Notre Dame team. Notre Dame looks like a team with a quarterback. They covered the 20 and a half going away, 42-3 over Navy. Um, their schedule is not easy. It's got a couple of big landmines in the middle of it, like Ohio State and USC, and we'll get to the Trojans in a couple of minutes here. Uh, but, John, we, we talked about Notre Dame last week. I talked to a couple friends this week after they won that first game. I still feel like Notre Dame's probably got to go undefeated if they want to have a shot at the playoff. But yeah. uh, in that case, 1-0 is a whole hell of a lot better than 0-1. Yeah, that was uh, – a lot of people like Navy in that one, right? Plus 20.5, plus 21. It looked more like that Morgan Wallen concert at the Porta Potty. I mean, it was hey, a beatdown. Good it was reference. a beatdown. Solid, hey. solid reference. I like that. <laughs> do do, I that do not. That was <laughs> very good. I saw that today. That blonde girl, man. That that hey, was impressive. Where did he go from, oh, man? Yeah, oh, those are some of the. Really those are some of the hardest swings taken at PNC Park all year, boys. I'll tell you that oh, right man. now. You guys have had a field day with that one on the air, huh? Woo. Oh man. Look. I'm not saying I know some of those girls, but I know the predecessors to some of those girls. Those are city yeah. girls. Those are girls from the, yeah. the Brookline neighborhood of Pittsburgh who they, they got all gassed up all day in the parking lot, and then they wandered in, and some girl mm, mm, stole their porta potty while they were waiting in line. And here's the best part. That, that was just night one of two nights of shenanigans. Back-to-back -back Morgan Wallen at PNC Park meant two nights of shenanigans. And yeah. again, some of the biggest hits we've had at PNC Park all year. I feel like we need to uh, we need to like edit it, and we need to put Sam Hartman's face on the, the uh, chick in the white with no. the Heisman trophy. Because I think, I think that's – like here come, here come the odds for Sam Hartman yep. and the Heisman after that. Um, we saw what he did at Wake Forest last year, and, and I, I will say, I mean, I know it's Navy, and they're down. They have a first-year head coach, so growing pains are going to happen. But I really do believe that there is a great chance that Sam Hartman's going to be in the race here. He's going to make this offense completely different, open it up, and he, I, I think he'll be firmly in the race for winning a Heisman, no doubt about it. Man, all this talk <laughs> about Sam Zaddy, my guy, sexy Sammy. It's getting me going here, man. 
Uh, I absolutely love uh, this. I, I can't stand Notre Dame. I, there's there are very few things in this world that I that I hate more than than Notre Dame, um, except for Sam Hartman. That beard. I mean, I'm growing my beard out a little bit just to just to kind of match his. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he looks. He just exudes like he's the Marlboro man. He is. He looks like the Marlboro man of college football. I absolutely love it. And he is. I mean, you know, he is a good. I think. Heisman, long, and I can't even say a long shot. When you're at Notre Dame, when you're the quarterback at Notre Dame, right. you can't be a long shot for the Heisman. You're no. just right. kind of you're just kind of in the discussion. Like you don't have to do much in Absolutely. terms of promotion for him. You know they don't need to do. I mean, what, what are they going to do for him? Just send out like little little hearts to all the Heisman voters like they used to. Little, the right footballs, Leaf. little footballs with yeah. beards. RJ, yeah. yes, just get the James Harden silhouette going. Yeah, that'd be good. So I, I mean, because you, you think about it, right? I mean, you can't give it to Caleb Williams again. So you're looking right. for sort of a new face, a new name. I mean, what better than the Notre Dame narrative at this point? Thoroughly. Yeah. But. Caleb has to throw like zero interceptions all year and then yep. go undefeated. And then he yep. might get it. Like the standard that he is going to be held to is yep. going to be held to such a high standard. Like it's, you know, it's we've seen it before. Like any returning Heisman champ is held to the same one. Caleb Williams might have to throw zero interceptions just to keep his his defense off the field because that defense is still a disaster, giving up 28 to San Jose State. Here, it sets up well for for your guy Sam Zaddy though. To I, I imagine he'll yeah. climb up the board from 16 to one because what they got Tennessee State this weekend, uh, a trip to NC State next weekend, ooh, and then Central Michigan and South Bend I think in week three. Before things pick up, right? Okay, and then they yeah. they they hit Ohio State and Duke is what it is, and uh, a trip to Louisville might be a little tougher than it has been in some years. But that's where business really picks up in the second half right. for Notre Dame, or I guess the middle third, if you want to look at it that way. But his odds may be so short for the Heisman after the first month of the season, first three weeks of the season. You know, if you're in on sexy Sammy for the Heisman, as I know RJ has been since last year, but definitely now. Now is the time to put the money down to get the best value. That much I would agree with um, because he's going to just put up numbers the next few yeah. weeks. And and the Irish at 30 to 1 to win the national title, too. Like I said, this is this is the perfect start for them. This is exactly what Notre Dame's schedule should look like every year. And they'll be afforded this opportunity since they don't have to join a conference when there's a 12-team playoff. Um, they just craft that schedule exactly the way they want it. And they're going to look up. It's going to be mid-October. They'll have the Ohio State game, and that'll be when things really start for them. Yeah, and they get Ohio State at home, and they get um, uh, USC at home, and their tough game mm -hmm. on the road is Clemson. And, you know, like, I don't even know what to make of Clemson anymore. Like, I really don't. I know it's like it's pretty, like, you know, kind of recency bias how they were just great, 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 and then, oh, wow, they lose to Sean and Trevor Lawrence, and all of a sudden they're just kind of just really, really good. Like, they're talented, but – you know, I, I don't even know what to make of Clemson. I don't know how big of a threat that is for Notre Dame at all. If if, if, if you know, if obviously if Notre Dame gets by USC and Ohio State and they go undefeated, right, Clemson, I mean, they'll be a big favorite in that game, even on the road. Yeah, John, it feels like Clemson, I mean, I'm, I'm riding Florida State this year, and we'll get into the game specifically in a couple of minutes. I'm riding Florida State, tailing them hard this year for the ACC, and I, I would favor them in probably every single game that's going to be on their schedule. Uh, this weekend, maybe there's a little bit of a question, obviously, although that spread's still tight. It's like two and a half against LSU. But right. my point is, I think Clemson's a very clear number two to Florida State. 
The books don't say that. A lot of people don't seem to believe that. But I think it's three tiers in in the eight or four tiers in the ACC. It's Florida State in the first tier. It's Clemson in the second tier. It's a Pitt, maybe UNC, maybe you know, pick pick another Louisville, maybe in that third tier, and then it's everybody else. Right. I think the question with Clemson is what has Dabo done with not an NFL, like potentially great QB? I mean, Deshaun Watson set the market. I mean, he's not looked great, you know, uh, in the preseason and, and really last year, but he did set the market for quarterbacks that still hasn't been reset. And we know what Trevor Lawrence is doing in Jacksonville. What has he done since then? Right. I mean, DJ's gone. Kate Klubnick got destroyed by Joe Milton. Uh, in their bowl game, you know, and I know that's a super small sample, but I, I do think there have to be major questions about, you know, Dabo's adaptability when he doesn't have, you know, a superstar first round grade, you know, market setting yeah. QB, you know, and I, is Cade that? I mean, he might be, but it's too early to tell. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, mm-hmm. I, I feel comfortable with what I know, which is Mike Norvell's, you know, efficiency and proficiency with good quarterbacks. And that's what Florida State has. Oh, and he treated the transfer portal like the Waffle House at 3 a.m. I mean, he just went in and, and ordered one of everything. I mean, he, he cleared yeah. it out. So he's in a good spot with the talent that he's brought in. We, th- since we talked yep. Heisman, let's, let's, let's circle back around to Caleb Williams and USC. They give up four touchdowns to San Jose State. That tells me – I know San Jose State is supposed to be better than they were last year, but they're still San Jose State. That tells me the defense is still going to be a big issue for the Trojans, RJ. 14-1 to one to win the national title, 2-1 to one to win the Pac-12. I have at least two teams ahead of them in my mind for the Pac-12, um, and it has nothing to do with Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams could win back-to-back Heismans and not win the conference either year, and it wouldn't surprise me, which is insanity. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the the thing with them is like their schedule is not the most difficult thing out there, and like they they could easily sleepwalk their way, um, and and that might be a problem. Like if they're an undefeated USC team, they're gonna they're gonna wind up finding a way to make it. But I mean, you can't sit here and tell me right now that not playing a team, a single team in the top ten, should be scary for them. I mean, they 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 should just dog walk this entire schedule. Um, you know, maybe Utah gives them fits because Utah in general, gives them fits uh, with mm-hmm. their Russian attack. But, you know, I did, they did twice last year. But, I mean, they sh- you know, USC should not be kind of threatened by their schedule right now. Yeah, John, at USC and Utah is not about a race to 56, as most USC games are. It's about whoever can hold the other guy under 30. And I think Utah's better at holding USC under 30 than vice versa. Yeah, I also would I would I would introduce to the discussion um, Oregon State, you know, and I know we talked about mm-hmm. Oregon State last week. You like them, you had you have them. I think it was ten to one uh, to win the pack, and I think they they play that style that you mm-hmm. USC's not going to be able to get off the field against Oregon State if DJ you know is decent, you know, with the way they just run the ball and grind you to a halt, really, with what they want to do. So I, I, I you know, I want to see it with Cam. I want to see him, you know, healthy and all that. And I think if he is. Yes, for sure, they're going to be in the mix. But I, I would handicap it as Oregon State is very much firmly in there, you know, with USC because of the style they play and because we're—I mean, we're, it's the definition of, of, of an insanity here, man. You know, you keep the DC and it—you have the same exact problems. Nothing's changing. So right. I think you have to have Oregon State in that discussion as well. That's what's funny, RJ. Is like I, I look at the Pac-12 
and I want to just hammer the over on every game. But then I look at Utah and Oregon State, and I I say to myself, well, no, defense is going to win the conference. It's just like it did last year. And like John said, we we talked about Oregon State last week. I'm all over them, more because the value was there. I don't know if if there's necessarily an easy path to them winning the conference. It involves a huge win over Utah, even if it is at home. It involves winning a conference championship game by either beating Utah a second time or beating USC most likely. Uh, and that's that's an uphill battle for Oregon State. But either way, that's what tells me you, you can score, again, 56 a week in the Pac-12. It's not going to matter until you meet Utah and Oregon State and you got to beat one of those two. I mean, taking the overs of the Pac-12 generally is good. Now, with DJ quarterbacking, I don't know about that one. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, who yeah. knows, right? He, I mean, yeah. Go, We've seen quarterbacks get changes of scenery, new coaching, different scheme, better scheme fits, and they've taken off. We, you know, we've seen that you know, quite a bit. So it wouldn't stun me if he went up. I mean, look, he was a talented kid, still is. Right. I mean, he, he got you. You don't start at Clemson because you're garbage, right? You know. So he, he's right. got talent. It wouldn't stun me. But yeah, I mean the the you know the overs of the Pac-12 generally hit. But I think you're right. I mean, you know, those two teams, Utah and Oregon State. I mean, they can grind it out and. If they want to play in the 30s, they want to play in the 20s, they can play in the 20s. Yeah, and I, I still think motivation is a huge factor for for Oregon State, too. Like, to be one of the the left-behinds yeah. that's going to go to the Mountain West or whatever, whatever it turns out to be, to be that team mm-hmm. and to be in this conference where every other team that's ranked is leaving you behind. And they're all going to cash in and cash in big. And you're going to be left playing Colorado State on a Thursday night in the middle of November in a couple of years. Hell yeah, you want to kick them in the ass on the way out the door and say, you know what? We don't need you anyway. And take one last good run at the Pac-12 crown. And I think that 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 can't be overstated. Those kids feeling like they're getting left behind by everybody else. Now, look, in this day and age, half of them may transfer out to go play again in a power five conference, but that John, that, that motivation factor, I think can't be understated for, for a program like Oregon state this year. Yeah. And I think they're one of the programs where you want to talk about, you know, the new rule changes with the clock. They're one of the teams that stands to benefit the most, man. Cause like, if you don't get them off the field, you know, based on what they did last mm-hmm. year, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to change up a whole lot for DJ. I think it's just going to be sort of more of the same, maybe even, uh, you know, enhanced version of that. Like, they're going to be able to do the, you know, eight, nine, ten-minute drives, you know, if you can't get them off the field. So, we talk about who's going to benefit from these. It is going to be teams like Oregon State. And and, and the losers will be the USC defenses who can't get Oregon State off the field. Man, I tell you what, it is perfect timing. We got you back in the fold, RJ, because we're going to talk about TCU in a couple minutes. I know how excited that gets you. Oh, yeah, the horn frauds, man. I had to (laughs) – we had Sonny Dykes on today. I was like, I, God, I can't. I'm going to slip. I'm going to call him, you know, head coach of the Horn Frauds. I didn't do it. I didn't slip. We had Sonny. We're all real he, was good. he was good. He was good to us today. Golf golf clap for you, Choppy. We're all real proud. Yeah. You, Thank you, you didn't blaspheme the guy's program to his face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> TCU Colorado. We'll play drop ad a little bit later if we have time. But TCU Colorado, one of the most talked about games of the year. That on the way. We preview West Virginia, Penn State, UNC, and USC, North Carolina and South Carolina. And the Big Daddy on Monday night, number five LSU against number eight Florida State. All of those on the way alongside John Martin and RJ Choppy. I'm Chris Mack. You're locked into BetQLU.